Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Um, I thank the Lord for giving us this opportunity again uh, to uh, have fellowship like this uh, in these times, these uh, challenging times. Uh, by way of technology, I do echo my brother David uh, Kong's word uh, just now, a word of reminder, a word of um, I would even say warning that we don't get carried away by this, uh, uh, by technology itself and get uh, in just uh, a kind of a reaction or excitement or, uh, and we become, we lose uh, the spiritual weight of what we're doing here. Uh, so let us not be uh, lighthearted about this. Let us not be, uh, uh, frivolous, uh, let us not be careless about these things. Um, I am always reminded that the uh, enemy is always lurking just around the corner. Um, he would, um, with his devices that we should not be ignorant of, uh, he would use to his own advantage, turning something that is seemingly good into something damaging and something uh, of concern. So we don't want what we're doing here, uh, the speaking or these uh, uh, um, streaming or the, um, these kind of chat room situations, what have you, um, to become uh, something unspiritual and uh, something light. Uh, and worse yet, something um, uh, that is... Uh, problematic or concerning. We want there to be always peace in the body, and so let the peace of Christ uh, arbitrate in all of our hearts as far as each one of us, how we should behave, what we should do, um, you know, in this, uh, in this process. Now, uh, the other thing I would like to say uh, at the outset with this particular uh, uh, message uh, or this particular talk, sorry, um, is that uh, because of the some technical uh, glitch, uh, we're not able to live stream to so many saints and uh, in real time. Uh, but thank the Lord, um, what we have here is still a small group of brothers uh, from the Mid Atlantic area, uh, the core brothers with me. So, um, you know, in my mind's eye, I don't see a big, uh, a large number of, uh, of saints, but just a small number um, uh, of brothers. So, and and, and uh, uh, just as well, because uh, I say that these are home talks. These are uh, not, you know, big messages from the pulpit. These are more in the nature of some fellowship, some talks with a, a higher level of intimacy and freedom, if I may, and uh, um, and mutuality. Uh, so uh, when I speak today, I would be somewhat speaking to these brothers or talking to these brothers rather than uh, talking to all of you. Of course, in the end, you'll be viewing this or hearing this fellowship as well. So we're all learning. I hope we're, we're all okay with this. 
Now, um, after the uh, last two messages, uh, I was before the Lord and I felt uh, quite at peace within, uh, in the way that he has led us and with the word uh, that he has given to us that we shared. Uh, I have uh, received uh, quite a bit of response from various directions of how this word has been timely. This word has been comforting. This word has been encouraging. And this word has been directing. And uh, I thank the Lord for this. This is to no one's glory. Uh, it's God's. And our heart uh, really, brothers and sisters, is really not just to test new technology this time, some novel way of of uh, ministering, uh, we're, we're not trying to make sure this word go out to the four corners of the earth. Uh, we have no such plan, no such expectation. I would just remind all of us again that this fellowship is primarily for the saints and the churches in Mid-Atlantic um, because there was a planned gathering in Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, uh, a, a long-standing annual um, conference, and because of the uh, uh, health crisis that we're in, um, we felt that as a matter of uh, uh, caution, and uh, with the Saints' health in mind, uh, we would um, cancel that uh, life kind of conference. And instead, we will try something like what we're doing now. Uh, I think we made the right decision, but still, uh, saints, let us all uh, be vigilant and in prayer and in watchfulness. Always be watchful, um, um, even in these practical matters. Uh, now, today, this is our third and final word, uh, brothers. Um, I actually have a lot of... Uh, uh, prayer uh, in the Lord's presence and some struggling in a way uh, to know really what is uh, the Spirit's mind. Uh, now, I do not claim, not for a moment, that I know uh, what the Lord's mind is for us uh, in a absolutely clear way. All I can do is go by uh, the uh, inner feeling by the peace inside, uh, by the Lord's anointing inside, and uh, be faithful to that uh, and share something with you uh, in the way of burden. Um, this morning, I'd like to uh, talk to us um, something of the bigger picture. Um, uh, since this, uh, this outbreak uh, of this uh, virus from the beginning, um, in Asia, and then now, of course, uh, in Europe, and of course, very much in uh, in, in 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 America. Um, the uh, almost the automatic question inside all of us, and indeed, a saint would write and ask, "What is this all about? Why is this ha happening? Uh, how is it happening at this time? What does all this mean?" So there's this kind of spontaneous question is uh, why this uh, this uh, coronavirus? Uh, why uh, 
uh, you know, uh, people in this country are, are saying that uh, uh, the uh, the damage or the, the uh, fallout uh, um, of this uh, of this crisis uh, goes well beyond nine one one nine eleven when the uh, twin towers were uh, uh, destroyed and the Pentagon and so on. Um, uh, those of us uh, uh, who lived through that time, and I would say even the millennial saints among us, uh, you were at that time maybe college age or something. Um, uh, uh, this is, uh, that was a very, very transformative hour uh, for the United States, if not for the world. And uh, things were just not the same anymore. However, that was a uh, uh, the sudden collapse of those twin towers. Remember those photographs and and, and TV footages um, that was so shocking. We were just numb. We we didn't know how to respond. We we don't did not understand. Uh, but I did remember in a subsequently um, uh, after the initial shock wave was uh, has passed, uh, there would be a lot of um, spontaneous and immediate uh, uh, um, uh, thinking and uh, reflection and and uh, consideration. And uh, uh, I think I remember correctly that amongst other things, uh, you know, um, uh, one of the things was there was a bit of a kind of a uh, um, how should I say, um, repentance uh, on the parts of uh, the, the, the Christians and the people um, that uh, of our condition, uh, of our situation, a kind of turn to God. I remember even uh, many of the uh, so-called uh, 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 services of remembrance uh, uh, memorials and uh, even the one that uh, President Bush was um, uh, presided over in the uh, the uh, uh, National Cathedral in Washington D.C. Uh, how um, uh, God's name was uh, invoked, how um, the whole nation was uh, uh, turned itself to God, as it were, and um, and. Uh, uh, seeking uh, uh, God's help and uh, strength uh, uh, to pass through those very, very difficult and um, uh, grievous days. Um, and uh, even on the ground, I, uh, the uh, uh, Bibles for America, because of 9-11, some of you don't know, we sent our uh, first uh, mobile home to Ground Zero from Irvine, California, uh, in a 30-day tour. Uh, or two weeks or 30 day tour, I don't remember now, uh, to pass out the, the Bibles and tracts and so on to the people. They were in Ground Zero in New York City. And uh, in the process, they also interview a lot of people, uh, pedestrians and, 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 and people around. And there was just that common feeling um, of uh, uh, we need help. We need a higher power. We need God's 
arm to uh, to to save us. Uh, this country uh, 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 must repent and turn back to God. And that kind of a, a sentiment was very common and very prevailing. Well, uh, it passed, and what happened? Uh, it was those kind of feelings were faded and uh, and forgotten. And uh, it was, I mean, thousands of lives were lost at an instant, but now it's like uh, uh, in very distant memory. And what about the life of the nation and the people in the nation, this country? Well, it's uh, going back to business as normal, life as normal. And by that, I don't mean just, <clears throat> you know, the regular daily life that the population goes through. I'm talking about the... The, the sinful life, uh, the uh, the um, uh, worldly life, the uh, um, all the things, all the things that uh, uh, is of the world um, and the lust of the world and and all the evil things and all the um, uh, dark things and um, all this just came back. Uh, rushed back and not only so it got worse uh, I would say today uh, this country uh, morally, I'm talking about United States of course uh, morally and uh, uh, and uh, in, in other ways uh, has gone has trended downhill uh, it has gotten worse uh, the situation the evil the the um, how the uh, anti-God uh, um, uh, ideas and uh, and uh, uh, and so on, uh, uh, ethically, morally, uh, spiritually, not to mention for sure, um, um, uh, uh, humanly, uh, has just um, become worse today. We're worse today. And so I say these things, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, not to um, uh, kind of uh, look back, um, but looking forward or looking at the present time, um, uh, how should we be again? Uh, we're in another very, very difficult and challenging moment uh, in this nation's history, for sure, and in the world history. Not that these kind of uh, 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 viruses and these kind of uh, uh, pandemic or epidemic has not occurred before. It has, and we'll say something about this this morning. Uh, but um, uh, the situation, this particular crisis, is uh, loom, looms large and in some ways unprecedented. So where are we? Uh, why is this happening? What is going on? Well, saints, for us who have the dear word of God, the Bible, uh, with us, which we, uh, which is given by God uh, as a gift, um, this uh, word, um, you know, in Peter, I think it says, uh, is a word of prophecy. Um, and uh, I'm not here interested or talking about all these interpretation of all the different 
things in Revelation and this and that. I'm, this morning, I'm not interested in uh, the so-called um, uh, pro pro prophecy interpretation. Um, but I am saying Paul's word, I think, in the... Uh, 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 first Peter or said, uh, in Peter that uh, uh, this is uh, a word uh, of prophecy that we do well to take heed um, um, uh, as in uh, in the darkness until the break of dawn and then uh, uh, Peter would uh, uh, right away say that uh, 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 this word uh, is, uh, let me, let me, I think the best thing is for me to just read the word to us all. Uh, and in Second Peter, and we have the prophetic word made more firm, to which you do well to give heed to a lamb, as to a lamb shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And then immediately Paul said this, I mean, Peter said this, knowing this first, uh, that no prophecy of scripture is of one's own interpretations. For no prophecy was ever born by the will of man, but men spoke from God while being born by the Holy Spirit. So here he's uh, definitely talking about uh, 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 the, the word in, these, in, this, in, this, in the scriptures. And so uh, we have this uh, word of God in our hands. And today, more than ever, I'd really like to say a word to us saints. These are the days to give heed, give heed to this word, to this word of prophecy in the scriptures as to a lamp. You know, when you're in darkness in the night, you look for the lamp, you look for the source of light for direction um, to know where you are to know where you should go to guide your feet um, the the lord's word is lamp to our feet and light to our path and so today without the word of god we just don't know what's up or down we don't know where we should be surely we don't know where we should go we don't know where the world is going we don't know what is happening that is with the world. But if we believers, especially those of us who love the Lord, those of us who are in the Lord's recovery, if we don't know these things, that would be a real, real shame. The age today is a, a, a dark place in a dark night. And, uh, um, and uh, all the people in this world today are just moving, abiding, uh, living, acting, in pitch darkness but we have this prophetic word we have the scripture have the scripture as a shining lamp to us believers brothers and sisters isn't this god's mercy and god's grace to give us this his word to shine um over us and uh, and this shining lamp, um, uh, brothers and sisters, conveys the spiritual light uh, that shines in the darkness. And more than 
this is light. This is more than just merely giving us knowledge uh, of the scriptures, of the letters, and to give us just some kind of mental, we have some mental apprehension of these things, of, the, of, uh, of their content, but it is to guide us. The word, brothers and sisters, is to guide us to enter into a bright day. The word is our compass. The word is our roadmap. The word is our rudder. The word is our GPS, brothers and sisters, to guide us to the dawn of the day. What is that? That is the day of the Lord's appearing. It's guiding us to enter into a bright day, even to pass through the dark night. How are we going to pass through this dark night? Well, I'll tell you, we have to start with the scriptures, the word of God. Until the day of the Lord's, uh, uh, of the Lord's appearing, that is the dawning of the day, before the Lord, as that sunlight appears, he is the son of righteousness with healing in his wings when the Lord comes. But before that, we need this word as light to shine over our footsteps, the footsteps of each saint, the first step, footsteps of the church of God. And so today in this darkness, you know, this, this darkness, you know, this dark place, uh, the meaning is it's a, it's a murky place. It is a place that is dry, squalid, neglected. It's not a good place. Uh, as a metaphor to illustrate uh, that this darkness or the darkness today is simply the apostasy. A moving away from God, from reality, from the truth. In the scriptures, there's no such thing. The Bible today is being thrown out, thrown away, even in this country of USA. Um, uh, that depends so much on God's word. It is being just um, abandoned, um, um, rejected, this word. And no wonder apostasy sets in, no wonder immorality sets in, no wonder all kinds of evil is springing up. Lawlessness, violence, sinfulness, worldliness, um, um, and all kinds of uh, evil. Uh, you, you can find in the word the description of this evil in, in, in every day, family relationships, society relationships, um, in the government, in industry, in, in every way. Now, here it says, pardon me for spending a little bit more time, I think this is important, that um, this, uh, this metaphor in Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 19, continues to illustrate a, um, there would be a coming time where uh, uh, everything will be full of light, uh, the kingdom of light would be here, the kingdom of Christ. And, um, uh, and that bright day will, will be dawning, will be dawning. So it is not all of a sudden, you know, by the way, let me tell you, um, even the Lord's appearing, the Lord's coming is not all of a sudden. There is a darkness and there is the uh, dawning moment and then there is the rising of the sun. But 
here it says, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And so what happens when the day is about to dawn, um, there would be something called a morning star, a morning star. And uh, this star would precede the coming of the day. And uh, we uh, who have this um, uh, today will be uh, guided, will be guided in the darkness. And so um, we need to, my burden uh, is this, brothers and sisters, is that we would give heed uh, to this prophetic word um, as a lamp to guide our footpath. And of course, uh, Bradley spoke more about this morning star that rises in our hearts, and that is the Lord within us. The Lord is not just appearing as the sun, he's also rising up from within as that morning star. Um, so uh, with that as a kind of a, uh, a introduction, uh, uh, dear saints, uh, I like to just, uh, as we talk about what is going on, we're talking about the need to know the times, um, the times that we're in, uh, to know what is happening. And in order to know the times, we have to uh, uh, go back, to go back to what? We have to go back to the big picture. What am I talking about? We have to look again with the help of the word to God to see something about God's purpose, something about God's purpose. We have to start there. We should not be just concentrating or focused or occupied with just the present affairs. We have to go, we have to rise above these things. We have to get to not only 35,000 feet. We have to go to the third heavens. We have to be above, set your minds on things above. We have to see the situation today as God would see it. We have to consider everything in light, in view from the lens of God himself. Well, this morning, we don't have that kind of time. Uh, you have to study the word. We would just say, again, that God is a God of purpose. He has an eternal purpose. That purpose is based on the will that he had. An eternal will. A determination. And a strong, strong decision and that will of his that will of his is of his own pleasure so the ultimate thing we need to know is that god has an a pleasure an eternal 
pleasure, something that pleases him, or we can use the word his heart's desire. And based on this desire, he had a will, a will, a something that he willed, something that he uh, decided on to gain. And then uh, that, of course, that will is his purpose, a very determined purpose. God will never change that. Nothing will stop our God till he's, till he's done in achieving this purpose. And based on this purpose of his, this eternal purpose of his, God had an economy. He had an administration. He had a plan. He had a way to work out this purpose, to work out this will, to fulfill his heart's desire for his satisfaction. We have to know these things. You have to read Ephesians 1. So he actually created <coughs> all things in this universe for his will. All the, the whole creation, the whole universe came into being for the fulfillment of that purpose of God. And the Bible unveils to us in many places, and actually the whole Bible unveils to us this, how God would administrate all the things in this universe including this earth, of course, everything um, that he has ordained, that he has made. Um, this universal administration of his is for the working out of his purpose. The world situation that we're in today, uh, all the things that took place in the last 6,000 years in human history, all the things, all these things are for the working out of God's purpose. Now we know that with the help of this ministry, this ministry of the age, that God's purpose is to gain a universal expression of himself and this expression is comprises uh, himself and of course in the prizes man human beings that god created according to his own kind genesis tells us it is in his image and with his likeness that God made man. And we all should know that is so that man would be this vessel, this container that can actually receive God himself. This is God's purpose and plan. This is his economy, his way to work out that plan, to gain this enlarged corporate expression of himself and that is that he would work himself, dispense himself into man, the man that he created, to be his life, 
to be his nature, to be his everything, so that eventually this man would be changed, would be transformed into his fully, his likeness and his image, not just in an outward way, but in an inward way in life and nature. And that's why God put man, the created man, before the tree of life, that he would eat that tree and partake of God's life and nature and then become one with this God in an organic way. And by this way, man can be joined to God. Man can become God's reproduction. That Man can become God's duplication. Man can become God's expression in a corporate way starting with Adam, but men would become God's enlargement. And so this is God's purpose and will, yet God has an enemy. He came in before God to poison man, to put his nature into man called sin. And out of that came death, and so man fell Rather than fulfilling God's purpose, man joined Satan, became one with Satan, the rebellious angel, the rebellious devil, God's arch enemy, to be against God. Instead of becoming God's expression, man was fallen to join with Satan, to rebel against God. And this is the history that, is, that we know that is depicted in this word. Now, let's come back here to talk about God's purpose. So you have in Revelation, in um, uh, 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 chapter 4, it talks about what it talks about the Lamb standing there uh, in the midst of, of the, uh, the throne there. And it has says that what? That... Uh, he had overcome this lamb. This is really the overcoming Christ, uh, the lion lamb, that he may open the scroll with its seven seals. Now, I'm not here to really uh, study the book of Revelation. I'm here just fellowshipping with us a certain burden. And uh, the opening of this uh, of the scroll is the opening up of the entire new covenant uh, in this uh, universe that is enacted by his own blood the lamb's blood and it is for the redemption of this whole universe including the church including israel including the world including the whole uh, creation and the unveiling of this shows forth how God, God's universal administration in what? In accomplishing this purpose. This will of God, this purpose of God, brothers and sisters, have to do with what? The church, for sure, number one. In the New Testament, has to do with Israel, have to do with this whole world. Indeed, it has to do with the whole universe. And so 
My point is this, that, that God has an administration in this universe, a universal administration for the working out of his purpose. God is in control. God is on the throne. <clears throat> the Lord Christ is ruling over everything. Um, since 2,000 years ago, <clears throat> when the Lord ascended to the right hand of God, he has been set as the leader, as the universal administrator, as the King of kings and lords of lords, as the head of all things to the church. And he is the one administrating all things for the accomplishing of God's eternal purpose. He is the administrator. So today, to understand all the things that is going on, we have to start there. We have to believe this, brothers and sisters. In these times and in these days, we all have to bow down and worship God. We have to worship the Lord, worship the King, and say, Lord, you rule. Heavens rule. God rules. You are administrating everything including all the things that are happening on the earth for these thousands of years and in the New Testament age, these 2,000 years. And you are doing all these things um, to work out, to work out the work of God, to work out the purpose of God. So Brother Lee told us that what that... The world situation is an indicator of God's move, of God's work. And God's move and God's work is for the fulfillment of his eternal purpose. That purpose, I say again, eventually is to gain a body for his son, for his expression and for his administration, and this body of Christ eventually is a man. It's a new man. It's one new man comprising the Jews and the Gentiles in Christ, which he created on the cross. And this new man would, on the one hand, with Christ as the head, the church as the body, would express God into the fullest degree and at the same time this man would also defeat the enemy it will be the bride of Christ and it will be the wife of Christ the wife of the lamb and it will also be a warrior spiritual warrior to fully defeat God's enemy Satan and so today, God is working out all these things to fulfill his purpose. Now, um, in the arrangement of the world situation, in the working out of the world situation, 
has unfolded, especially in the book of Revelation. Um, take for in instance, there's the uh, four uh, the seals of the seven seals, you know, they're altogether seven seals. That is the unveiling of what God would be doing, or God, what God has done, and what God is doing, and what God will do. Um, the first seal, and that started after Christ ascended to the heavens, the opening of the seals, and then these things began. This mystery of God's economy began. You have four horses. Number one, you have the white horse that indicates the spreading of the gospel. The second, you have the red horse, which indicates the war, war among men. Number three, you have a black horse that indicates what? That indicates, indicates famine. And finally, you have the fourth seal that indicate that, that shows a pale horse that indicates death. And that death also means pestilence that bring forth death. And so all these things, all these things have been going on since Christ's ascension on this earth. These are all God's administration to work out his purpose. And God, in his wisdom, work out these things, work out all the situation in such a wise and detailed way that only God could do. That would deal with the church in a certain way that would deal with the Jews in a certain way that would deal with the Gentiles in a certain way that would deal with the whole universe in a certain way and he uses all these things by way of his outward arrangement of the environment to help him to work these things out. Now, you say, uh, your question was, why are these things happening? Well, again, I'm not God. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm a, not a prophet. I cannot tell you for sure why this present coronavirus is happening. But I can say this, that according to the word, all these things are Christ administrating, heaven administrating, the throne administrating behind the scene. All to work out something unto the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. So today, we are the church. We are God's people. And let's just mainly concentrate on that. What is God doing today? Well, um, I would say that this is why uh, in our lives as the Lord's believers and as the church, uh, the uh, church on the earth, uh, Things happen, all kinds of things happen for the fulfillment of God's purpose. 
these outward environment that is happening, but it's not just this current crisis and this pandemic and this outbreak. But I would say, brothers and sisters, in our lives, remember I mentioned all things in Romans chapter 8 in the first talk. All things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to what? According to his purpose. Brothers and sisters, as his, the Lord's believers, as the members of the body, as Christians, we are the church. We are the church. And God wants to gain the church. God wants to, he actually shed his, he, it was God's blood that redeemed the church. He wanted to possess this church, own this church, and have this church for his purpose. So today, he would cause all things to happen in our lives. To work together, to work together, so that what? So that we would be saved. Not only we would be saved and regenerated, <clears throat> but we would be organically saved as Christians. To work out this organic salvation of God. The organic salvation of God is worked out, number one, by the Spirit from within. It is God who operates in us for his pleasure and will. And so, but we, the Christians, often are not entirely submissive we may have we did disobey God sometimes we would even run away from God we may rebel against God we would not do his will we may love the world we may get carried away by the course of the age and all these things all these things is impeding us all these things is impeding god's work within us in order to gain our cooperation in order to gain our whole being to possess our being to fill our whole being in order that we may grow in life in his life in order that we may obtain this holy nature of his in order to sanctify, sanctify our entire being by renewing us, by transforming us, by saturating us, by permeating us, to make us his real body, he needs to raise up the outward environment, the outward situation, to work together for us for our good, so that we would be conformed, slowly conformed, transform and conform to the image of the firstborn Son of God. This is very clear in Romans chapter 8, to work this out. And so today, the other 
thing that God is doing besides operating within us is to arrange the outward environment without. To do what? I hope we would not be scared. We would not be afraid. Even though Paul did say that we should work out our salvation, our present salvation, the salvation day to day, the salvation unto glorification, the conformation to Christ's image. We have to work this out with fear and trembling that God would use these outward situations to discipline us. You know, it says in Hebrews that the father would chastise his own sons out of love to discipline so that we can bear the peaceful fruit of righteousness. God wants us to make us the same as he is. And he is what? Love. He is light. He is righteousness. He is holiness. Or he is righteous and he is holy. And this, uh, these attributes of God embodied in Christ, God wants to conform us to Christ's image. By what? By becoming these things that we would also become love. We would also become light. We would also become righteous as God is. We would become holy as God is. We become his righteous people. We would become his holy church. In order to work this out, the outward environment is needed. The outward environment that even Paul the Apostle suffered and went through for the what? For the decaying of the outer man, for the breaking of the outer man, but for the saving of the inner man, for the renewing of the inner man, for the sanctification of our being. When Peter talks about the suffering these Jewish believers were going through, it was for the sanctification, their sanctification. The sanctification is of the Holy Spirit from within. That is to fill us, to saturate us, to impart into us God's nature, God's being, God's life. In order for that to happen, God knows, God knows to gain our cooperation. He has to use various environments in our lives. And not only in the day-to-day -day environment in our lives, all the things that happen, the people, the persons, the affairs, the matters, but also the outward environment as a whole. So even these present happenings that are happening to the whole world, all the people on the earth, and we are also in, that, in their midst, would be used by God and ought to be used by God for our perfection, for our growth, for our transformation.
and ultimately for our glorification. This is necessary. This is God's economy. This is God's way of doing things. Now, so brothers and sisters, I hope that you are not, by hearing this word, uh, becoming afraid or because of this word you become depressed or because of this word you uh, even become unhappy or grievous. I can only say this is the word of God and this is how God works. But thank him, thank the Lord. Along with the outward environment, the first thing is his inward supply, his inward experience, his inward provision, his in, this inward joy. You know, Christ, as this ruling one in the heavens of all things, he is doing three things on the throne in these 2,000 years. Number one is intercession. He has been praying. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has been praying for each one of us, for his church. And only he knows how to pray for us. I don't know how the Lord would pray, but I somewhat imagine sometimes the Lord would not just always pray, Lord, bless this child and bless that child give them prosperity, give them riches. I somewhat doubt that that's how the Lord would pray. Only he knows. Only he knows. But I believe sometimes he would pray, Lord, this child of mine, he is worldly. He is sinful. He is rebellious. He is a prodigal. He has, he is filled with unbelief and disobedience. He would maybe pray that way. I don't know. And that is not his wishing ill on us, brothers and sisters. I tell you, God's heart is good for each one of his children. God has nothing but love within us, within him for us. Let's make this clear. Let's even this morning tell Satan this. Tell Satan this. All the things that transpire in our lives and in an environment is allowed by God from a heart of love to what? Again, I say to gain us, to possess us, to fill us. And so we pray in the way that only he can pray. And the Lord has been interceding. The, the heavenly intercessor has been praying. And sometimes some of us who have the Lord's mercy and have some growth within us and have some knowledge of the Lord, we would even echo with God. We would pray in correspondence to his intercessory ministry in the heavens that even we would pray for the saints. Not for something bad to happen to them, not for something um, um, uh, uh, evil to happen in their lives. But we do pray, Lord, 
gain this one, gain that one, bring this one back, uh, retrieve this one, strengthen this one. You see, that is a kind of echoing of the Lord's Prayer. And in his great sovereignty, the Lord would arrange everything in a custom fashion so that he would move his little finger, things would happen. And all this is to gain our attention. He's like tapping on our shoulders. Are you still there? Can you hear me now? Turn back. Listen to me. In good times, happy times, uh, ordinary times, we prone, we're prone to wonder. We're to prone to um, um, uh, uh, go astray. We're prone to just leave the Lord. But when something happens, something difficult happens, adverse happens in our lives, we remember the Lord. We would turn back to the Lord. And even in those times, we would, our inner being would be open to the Lord and allow the Lord to shine within us, allow the Lord to speak in us, to touch us about so many things. And those would be the times of regret. Those would be the times of repentance. Those would be the times of us coming back to the straight way, to the narrow path, to follow the Lord, to love him, to give our lives to him, to live unto him, rather than living like just an ordinary worldling. Brothers and sisters, I hope this word, a little bit of word of righteousness, would be received by us. The Lord, yesterday I talked much, comforts us, strengthens us, because he cares for us. That's how God would be. We don't need to worry about that. And we need to enjoy him, actually, that deep peace within, that Christ who is Shiloh within us all day long. We need to sing. We need to praise. We need to be with him, enjoy him. We need to do those things. But there is another way that God would use, that is to administrate in our environment, to work out, work out through all things, something good for his purpose. And that is to make us all the same as he is in life and nature, personally and corporately. The second thing that Christ is doing in the heavens is to what? Is to minister. He is the heavenly minister on the throne. Besides his intercession as our advocate, praying on our behalf before God, pleading our case before God, Christ is also the heavenly minister to what? to minister himself as life and everything. All that he is, all that he has, all that he had accomplished, all that he has obtained and attained, all the unsearchable riches of Christ to administrate that, or rather to 
administer that. That means to dispense that. You know, the word economy means a plan and administration, a kind of a management of things. Just like in the uh, um, the the uh, the uh, picture is in a very very wealthy household with many folks, many people there. You need a steward who is given a stewardship, which is the same word economia. And this, there would he would devise a plan, a administrative management plan or a, a a management to distribute all the riches of this household to everyone in that family, in that household. I tell you, Christ in these 2,000 years have been busy ministering, ministering these riches to the church. In Ephesians, he is the head to the church. That too implies transmission, ministration, dispensing of his riches. Francis, we should be very, very strengthened by this. He's not only praying for us above, but he is ministering to us. And especially today as the Spirit living in us, this bountiful supply of the Spirit ministered to who? To the Apostle Paul. Talk about in a restricted, limited situation. Paul was bound in chains with a guard in a prison when he wrote Philippians. And he said, this will turn out to my salvation through your prayers and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, today we have the Spirit of Jesus Christ within us. While Christ above is interceding, the Christ within this life-giving Spirit is provisioning, supplying, ministering in a non-stop way everything that we need, but even more than that, abounding in an abounding way, even in an excessive way, bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Without that supply, do you think Paul can handle that prison experience? Do you think Paul can suffer through that kind of restriction? No, no. There is something within him ministering to them. So, brothers and sisters, that's why I say these days, we need to enjoy the Lord more than ever. We need to just love him, partake of him, enjoy him more than ever. You know, by the way, in these days, when we have more times in our hands, I say again, don't just read so many things, watch so many things. How about set aside more time to read the Word of God, the Bible? How about set aside some time to read a ministry book, to read a life study? We, we, we can even have accelerated reading, more intensified reading, because of the time we have. And when I say this about reading the Word or reading, the ministry, it is to what? To supply us even more. <clears throat> the Lord supply us <clears throat> as the Spirit 
And as the word, the spirit word is what supplies, what dispenses himself into us. The third thing that Christ is doing above on the throne is in fact administrating. Nothing that happens on this earth, indeed in this whole universe, without his administration. He's managing everything. He's managing since day one, since the Roman Empire, since the progressive nations and empires of this earth. And you have to read the ministry to know um, how <clears throat> nation after nation were raised up by God, put down by God, all in his administration to have a world situation to work out his affairs, to work out his purpose. Now, God, Christ, is administrating everything. Because the church today is not, it's heavenly, but it's not in the heavens yet. It is still on the earth today. So what the earth experience, you may say, the church also experience. And what we are going through today, I cannot tell you how this virus happened and all these things, but I can tell you it is part of God's administration. It is part of God's sovereignty. It is part of God's allowance that these things would happen. And so in this knowledge, or with this knowledge, brothers and sisters, we should all submit. We should all bow down. We should all Say amen to the Lord, to the Lord, and to his sovereignty. Not, not to anything from Satan. Satan would use anything uh, to attack us because he's also our adversary. To destroy us. Satan's work is to destroy. God's work of love is to save, to gain, to restore, and to possess. We should know that. So we know God is administrating. And so the church, what the church should do, what we should do, we should stand one with his administration. We should agree with his administration. I don't mean agree with the virus. I mean agree with the throne. Agree with what God is doing. We stand with him by praying, your will be done. Your will be done. No matter what happens, the church should pray, your will be done. Your great will in this universe, your will on this earth, your will in each one of our lives, Lord, even your will in me, let that be done. We are here just to prostrate. We're here 
just to submit ourselves to him. So, brothers and sisters, I have actually, uh, in a kind of a talking way, uh, in a bit of an unorganized way, shared something that is in my heart regarding what is going on. Now, some of the saints talk about, oh, what about the virus? Is this a plague? Is this, what is this? Well, I don't know, and I really don't want to go there. But I would say this, if I may, that according to the word, in the word, right, uh, plagues uh, like this, you can call it plague or uh, epidemic or whatever the word you want to use, uh, in the, um, is something that is used by God to deal with the world, and to deal with his people in the Old Testament, with the world, with Pharaoh once upon a time. And then eventually we know in the end times uh, before the Lord comes, um, um, at the end of this age, he will use these things to judge the world, to judge the world. So, with the uh, 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 you you may say these kind of these kind of things uh, in principle is a kind of a judgment with the people of Israel. Uh, they were in the wilderness, as you know, and they have uh, fallen into a few kind of a situation. Um, those situations brought in God's wrath, God's deep unhappiness with them. And so God dealt with them. And in certain instances, by way of these plagues. What are the problems of lust for Egypt to Egyptian food? Of rebellion, we all know the story. These stories in numbers in re of rebellion. They were rebellious after uh, the uh, household of Korah was swallowed up into the earth. After the um, 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 two hundred fifty men were burned, consumed by fire, the the Israel was still murmuring and being disobedient. So a plague broke out so that um, Aaron has to bring the censer with the incense to stand between the living and the dead for that plague to stop. And then uh, um, uh, in, uh, in uh, the, um, uh, when the, uh, the temple was, uh, was uh, built, Solomon prayed and Jehovah spoke that if you would um, worship me, um, you would do the commandments and so on, you will prosper, you'll be blessed. But if you 
leave, if you go into apostasy, if you worship the idols, if you go the way of the nations, then he would judge the land by way of the sword, by way of the famine, and by way of the pestilence. Somewhat matching the uh, second, third, and fourth horses uh, in the book of Revelation. And that if you would turn back to me, I would heal you, restore you, and I would heal the land as a kind of a promise to the children of Israel. So I'm not here interpreting what this coronavirus is. I'm not here trying to explain to all of us what this um, outbreak, this uh, pandemic is all about. I don't know. But I'm saying in principle, in principle, this is what we see in the word of God. God, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Brothers and sisters, I would like to say the feeling I have when these kind of things happen. When so many human societal systems just quickly collapse and fold up and become broken and become useless. It's like God snapping his finger, a little finger a little bit, and all these things will take place. Not only should we have the feeling that of the fragility of life and even the vanity of life, brothers and sisters, all this is a warning from God, a hand of God, not only to judge, but to return, but to bring forth repentance. The people in the world, the Jewish people, and we as believers, especially the church. And in these days, while we have more time with the Lord, we should be sober. We should have times of dealings with the Lord in peace, with joy, but still in our much prayer with the Lord to have dealings with him. Open our being up to the Lord in an extraordinary way, because these are extraordinary days and times. And spend time with the Lord and let him work in us. Otherwise, these times would be kind of just passed and wasted. I hope so. Now, brothers and sisters, uh, I would like to just, uh, I know I'm a little bit over time here, but I would like to just uh, still uh, close uh, this conference, this little conference, uh, still uh, give you a few words of reminders uh, how to go on in the church life. Number one, I would still like to say that, you know, just like in the recent feasts, seven feasts we have, we've seen how Christ, uh, it, we saw Christ in his all-inclusiveness and all-extensiveness as our God-allotted portion. 
Oh, I would say these days, brothers and sisters, we should just come to the Lord more by so many means and ways, by calling, by praying, by his word, by singing, by praising, uh, to be what? To enjoy his all this all-sufficient one, to enjoy the bountiful supply of the Spirit that can meet all of our needs in every situation. Let us enjoy the Lord as Paul did in prison. Today in this confined and restricted situation, that it is a wonderful God-prepared opportunity for us to spend time with him, especially personally. But not only so, uh, we can also enjoy this with our family and the saints. But I like to stress, especially personally, I hope that we can, you know, it's so easy in days like this, it just go by, just sunrise, sunset, it goes by. I think I would like to suggest these days we would have a schedule. We would all try to have a schedule in our um, um, quarantine days, you know, isolated days, because if not, time will just fly by. Redeem the times in these evil days to what? To pray, set aside times to pray. And secondly, to set aside to be with the Lord, right? In the morning to enjoy him. And even set aside along with that some time in the word. Read the word, brothers and sisters. We have time in our hands. Read the ministry. Maybe say, tell yourself, these next two weeks, I will read this particular book of the ministry. Today we have the ministry magazine. We have even now a ministry digest. We have the life studies. We have so much riches for our supply. Friends and sisters, we, let's order our days and not let these days be wasted, right? It says what Paul says in Ephesians 5, knowing what the will of the Lord is. Let us not be foolish. Let us be wise and redeem the time. I sincerely, sincerely admonish all the saints not to waste these days uh, of quarantine but really make these days count, makes these days days of enrichment uh, with the riches of Christ. The second thing I would like to say in these days, as I said yesterday, the church in these times is not shuttered. The church is not withdrawing. Uh, the church is not closing down out of business. No such thing. The church today should be advancing as we, each one of us, are spiritually advancing. The church today is still being built. The church life is still going on, albeit in a slightly different format, which we have to get used to. I would like to admonish, exhort the brothers and sisters, don't be so isolated. The word is self-isolation. But in fact, don't be isolated. We all need to actually what? Uh, increase our connection one with another. 
by way of technology, by way of our phone. So that because none of us can weather this alone. We're not meant to go through these alone. We need one another. So yesterday I talked about loving one another, considering one another, encouraging one another. We need the supply of the body more than ever. So while we're restricted in physical gathering, let's contact one another, especially in twos and threes. That's easy, right? Using FaceTime, even using uh, um, uh, you know, various kinds of apps or platforms, uh, not just to play with technology, uh, but to really, really fellowship one another or pray with one another in twos and threes. Your small group, you know, uh, tomorrow, more, uh, uh, rather this morning, at the church in Irvine is meeting in small groups, in our small groups, but virtually. We're still in our small group, but we meet virtually to enjoy, to pray, to worship the Lord, uh, to remember the Lord together. Remember, especially in these days, brothers and sisters, uh, the weaker ones, the senior older ones, those with health conditions, those who need particular care. Don't forget them. Remember them. If we care for one another in this kind of a way, brothers and sisters, we'll be further knit together in love. We'll be knit together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. Our hearts will be comforted. Let's care for one another more than ever, more than ever. And then the next thing I would like to say, brothers and sisters, is in fact this matter of prayer. These days, the church must fulfill his or her God-given commission. That is, first of all, to pray. These days, let us be at the incense altar to stand with the Lord for his interests on the earth. Join him, be one with him in his universal administration. We can pray for God's work in the world situation. We can pray for those who are in authority, in the lead, in the secular government. We can pray for all men to be saved. We can pray for the dormant and wayward saints, brothers and sisters, to turn back to God. We can pray for all the saints that their spiritual needs, even their material needs, can be met. We can pray for the church to be built up. We surely should pray for his name to be sanctified his kingdom to come and his will to be done. While all the things are swirling, while all the things are raging out there, we have to join with the one who is in the heavens. We also need to pray to bind the enemy, Satan, who is still today frustrating the accomplishment of God's economy.
we need to pray that the enemy in every turn will suffer loss and that God would gain what he wants. And then one more thing I would like to say, as unlikely and seemingly impossible an environment that we're in today is, brothers and sisters, these are the days to propagate the gospel, the good news. In fact, in these unsettling times, many hearts will be open, needy, uh, hopeless, or at these kind of times, people will sense vanity in the, um, of life. Eternity, eternity will come forth in their hearts. These are times of trials, are times of, of need, of anxiety. These are the times that the people need to hear the gospel of peace. So, brothers and sisters, how about we consider our family, our relatives, our colleagues, friends, neighbors, people out there. In these days, this is an opportune time for us to pray for their salvation. And by way of the phone, by way of email, by way of using many of our materials, there's a lot of materials in Bibles for America that you can use, tracts, um, 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 blogs, uh, uh, videos, and many things, and many materials that we have um, to what to share aggressively with those who are in need. We owe them this debt, brothers and sisters, and let us redeem our time also in this regard. Finally, brothers and sisters, I'd like to say, as we said yesterday, we are a people of hope. Let us not be given to any kind of despair. Our hope is not in this age, but of things to come. Our hope is in the Lord's coming back. So today, with that hope in view, let us cooperate with his inner operating and his outward administration, with his move within and with his with the environment without. We would not fall prey to the satanic chaos that is going on. Rather, we will be safe in him, one with him. We will be here going on advancing, co-laboring with him to carry out his divine economy. It's not a time, brothers and sisters, to shrink back. It is a time for us to go forward. We're sure, brothers and sisters, I like to say this by faith, if we would all rise up in this way, that after this pandemic, this crisis is over, the church will be more built up. The church, the saints will be strengthened and the Lord's recovery will emerge more prevailing. I just pray that the Lord in these days 
would give us this kind of grace to fulfill his purpose in this universe. May the Lord grant us, grant us his peace in our hearts, in all the families of the saints, in his church, so that we can fulfill his will. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in the heavens. So I will stop my talk here. Thank you.